Welcome to Thoughts in the Car, where real decision-making happens. Thoughts in the Car, where real decision-making happens. Welcome to Thoughts in the Car. I am your host, Janice Elliott Howard. Today's topic is March Mashup. There's so much going on, so much going on I can speak on. However, I'm going to highlight the things that move me in this in this month of March that we're in. First, first, let's start with the war on Ukraine, because the war on Ukraine continues. President Putin is not thrown in the towel. Now, they accidentally, on purpose, downed a United States drone this week. Mm-hmm. Some people like to poke the bear. I think it's a mistake. America is divided on whether or not the government should continue providing financial aid to Ukraine. I think we should. Ukraine has the most landmass in Eastern Europe. I don't want to imagine if all of that territory were controlled by Russia, what would happen? I'm sure I've said this before, but Putin, President Putin, let me put some respect on his name, was under the impression that because President Biden extracted troops from Afghanistan and the Afghani people folded like a blanket in less than 48 hours, he could take over Ukraine with a bully tactic. Just march in there and say, hey, this is mine. You know, I'm taking your candy. I'm taking your lunch money type situation. But surprise, surprise. It's been over one year with many losses and heartache. But the Ukrainian people are ten toes down. Hell no, we won't go. I just cannot be mad at them for standing tall for country and liberty. So this fight continues. And other allies are are um, extending aid to Ukraine. Yes, um, the United States has the largest financial burden um, for uh, providing Ukraine with whatever they need to defend themselves. But other countries are they're getting on board. They're chiming in because they realize that you know losing is not an option. It's not an option for Russia to then occupy most of Eastern Europe. It's not an option. And it's unjust. What um, President Putin is doing is unjust. You know, there was no provocation for this um, attack. And yet it continues. Now, I'm not saying that Russia's resources aren't running low because they are. You know, he's trying to partner. He's trying to get some partners <laughs> either above board or under the table. He's trying to get some partners. I don't know if it's going to work, though. Because the second thing that moved me in, in recent days and is 
as recently as the other day. Um, did you know that the International Criminal Court, the ICC, recently issued an arrest warrant for President Putin for alleged deportation of Ukrainian children to Russia? Yes, you heard me correctly. Putin, Putin is accused of kidnapping thousands of Ukrainian children. I knew his actions were going to come back and bite him. I just didn't think it would be this soon. Now, let's face it. It usually takes a decade or two before any type of charges are lodged against an assailant when it comes to war crimes. So this is a new wrinkle. This is swift. I have to say, I'm surprised by this announcement. But how do they execute this warrant, though? Because he's not going to turn himself in and Russia is not going to recognize um, this warrant as being valid. The real question is, will this effort further isolate Putin? Because he's, he scheduled him to meet with President Xi this coming week um, to talk about whomever, to talk about aid, I guess, uh, um, in his efforts to take over Ukraine. I guess only time will tell. Because, see, Putin's already fighting Ukraine and trying to get China's help. And China, China, I'm calling on China. Don't do it. It's a trap. But some things just make you go, hmm. You know? It's like, it makes you wonder. How do some of these people sleep at night? What, what are they thinking? And everybody's trying to follow the Trump handbook, whereas, oh, if you tell them enough times that they don't see it happening, then they'll act like it's not happening and they'll convince themselves it's not happening. Who, who's stupid? That just doesn't make any sense. But it's a tactic. It's a tactic in a playbook that has been used over and over again. But eventually, people wake up. Or people say, you know what, I'm I'm not going for the BS anymore. And then and then and then where you, where are you? Then where do you stand? I'm telling you, it's just too much going on at at one time. You know. I'm telling you, so much going on in the world. So much. But this next one has got me scratching my head. And I'm gonna speak after speak on it right after this. With all that's going on in the world, kids don't really have a voice. Self-expression is on the back burner and it needs to come to the forefront. Journaling is the answer. A new journal for kids called What's Happening Today, created by Janice Elliott Howard, is available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Get your copy today for the kid in your life so that they can document what's happening today. Florida meets Thaddeus by chance. He calls her gorgeous and she calls him handsome. Their connection is magical as the relationship blossoms. In Florida's mind, he's going to be her forever. But Thaddeus can't fully commit. He betrays her. The twinkle in her eye dims and the hurt grows. After a time of soul-searching, acceptance, and adjustment, Florida realizes that she can and will do better. Get the ebook, All Better, written by Janice Elliott Howard, coming 
soon to everywhere ebooks are sold. Thoughts in the car, where real decision making happens. Welcome back to Thoughts in the Car. We're talking about March mashup covering various topics and current events this month. We've covered Ukraine, Putin's war crimes, and now the thing that really has me scratching my head. What in the ping pong bank collapsing is going on around here? Tell me why is it that the wealthy can make huge mistakes with catastrophic outcomes and the government will swoop in to make it right. But a few million people need to catch a break on government debt by way of partial student loan forgiveness. And that issue makes its way up to the damn Supreme Court. Can we can we make it make sense? Can we make it make sense? The issues are the same, but different, whereas one protects the elite and the other could ease the burden of the disadvantaged. I mean, first it was Silicon Valley Bank collapsing. Then within days, Signature Bank and the latest bank on the verge of going down is First Republic. Of course, depositor funds are protected, especially if they fall under $250,000 by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, a.k.a. FDIC. All of this could have been avoided if during the previous administration, they didn't roll back some banking restrictions in the Dodd-Frank Act. And the Dodd-Frank Act was established back in 2010 after Washington Mutual collapsed back in 2008. You know, because it limits how commodities are swapped. Now, what I mean by commodities are swapped, because everybody knows banks don't necessarily keep your money, your deposits. They lend them out. You know, they um, groups, group them together as bonds and what have you, and they trade them. They trade them on the open market. The trading of loans between institutions and on the stock market is what the Dodd-Frank Dot Act is supposed to be contributed, uh, uh, instituted for. But uh, it seems like things got a little bit, a little bit crazy, and all of a sudden there was a run on the bank, and with interest rates being raised on a consistent basis. In an effort to lower inflation, you know, these bonds, these packaged bonds um, were worth considerably less. So if you're trading like a billion and then all of a sudden because the interest rate goes up and what you originally did this deal on was just like a mortgage interest rate. You know, your mortgage interest rate can be 3.5, but if you have an adjustable mortgage, if it's not fixed, it can go up to 7% or whatever. It could fluctuate. Well, with the interest rate um, being raised, it made the value of these bond packages lower, which means you were losing money. You weren't able to uh, make any gains on the money that you had out there in the market. And hence the reason why uh, people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to get my money out of the bank. And then all of a sudden people were panicking because this Silicon Valley bank had billions of dollars. And remember, because these banks pay into, are as members of the FDIC, they pay into the insurance pool in case anything happened. But the value of that insurance is only $250,000. So people who had 
millions and billions in these particular banks were in danger of losing it all. They were only going to be guaranteed $250,000. However, because they've paid into this insurance policy, um, President Biden came on and said, hey, we, we got it because we know there are a lot of business startups, small business startups who have just blown up all of a sudden and have their money in there and they have to be able to make payroll to the average citizen. And we don't want to stop the economy from flourishing because all of a sudden these companies can't pay their bills because the government has taken over the banking and everything is halted halted until the government does an assessment and see who can be paid out what okay so with that being said he came on and said rest assured you know you guys can make payroll and everything it's gonna be okay but how come that same energy can't be upheld when it comes to this ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars student loan forgiveness for millions of americans how, how come that same energy? Now, don't don't get get it twisted. President Biden is all for it, but others are trying to block it. And I don't understand, you know, and the people who are trying to block it are probably wealthy people, people who 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 it, it really doesn't affect either way. But yet they're trying to block it. And so, you know, some things just make you go, hmm. OK, you're going to bail out the richest people. And make sure that their companies and their investments don't go belly up. But the average citizen who's just trying to catch a break. Just get just not even a leg up per se. Just trying to catch a break. You, you know, it's it's a big to do. It had, you know, the Supreme Court has to decide. That just strikes me as very weird. Very weird. Now, lastly, <laughs> the government, again, here we go, the government button in. The government is talking about, the United States government is talking about banning a popular social media platform because it's owned, because it's owned by China. Mm -hmm. Funny how other social media platforms are getting spanked by this one particular social media company that the government wants to ban. I mean, these other social media platforms are getting spanked in terms of participation, engagement, and revenue. Okay? So let's just call a thing a thing. The Facebooks and Twitters of the world paid good money to have lobbyists to get the competition out of the way. Okay? That's, that's what's happening here. The claim for the ban is spying and collecting data on individuals. More to the point. Every, I mean, more to the point. The move is about protecting children. That's that's what the that's what the media is going with. To protect children because they're collecting data. Cuz children are on this app and you know, they're engaging in this app and it's to protect children. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It was just 2 years ago when the owner of Meta, aka Facebook, had to appear before a congressional committee about selling its subscribers data to Cambridge Analytica to support the misinformation spread by the Trump campaign supporters during the 2016 election year. Okay? And at that time, it was selling children's data as well. You know, because some children have their own account. Some parents allow their kids to have their own account, whether they're teenage or uh, preteen or whatever. They, they've got their own 
um, handles and IDs and what have you. So why ban one and not all? If it's to protect the children. You know, said, I, I, it sounds like it's a bunch of malarkey if you ask me. I know social media is a big deal for many startups slash homegrown profitable businesses. You know, that's how they get that's how they get their free advertisement and catch fire by doing demonstrations, live demonstrations and engaging with um, potential customers and what have you. The content creators are making are even sought after by big brands to promote their products in health, beauty, apparel and electronic categories. So these creators are, you know, they, they're making money by creating this content. Okay? Hell, when did the U.S. government ever concern themselves with how much of a stake that China has in any entity? When? When have they ever concerned themselves about that in the past? Really? And then demand them to divest in the United States business ventures. When? Can anybody answer that aside from this moment that we're living in right now? I ask these questions because last time I checked, China controlled nearly a trillion dollars in assets in the United States. Nearly a trillion dollars. The assets range from raw land to commercial real estate, as well as product and service companies. In fact, China is the number two foreign investor in America. Number two. Okay. All this is leading me to believe that what the government is trying to do by demanding the company to sell off their stake in the United States portion of their business to an American buyer or be banned from providing access to Americans is it's, it's, it's just about control. It's just about control. So who's to say that it doesn't become a precedent where you don't have to be a foreign national to own a product or service and the government gets to decide if your business needs to be dissolved or forces you to sell off your interests? Because they're saying you're not, you're not running it to their liking. You're not running it to their liking. So they feel the need to... Um, have you sell it off to someone else. Now, for all intents and purposes, it could be your competitors in the same line of business who who feel like, no, 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 no. You've gotten too big and you've made it too expensive for them to compete. And as a result, they need to shut you down or take it over and make it a subsidiary of their company um, because you you don't deserve the right to to run it and to be profitable and prosperous in that business. Because that's how it sounds to me. It's like it's like eminent domain. Where in any town USA, a portion of a property that you own, that you hold a deed to, can be purchased at a predetermined price by the city or state. Because they claim to need the frontage or the acreage or um, part of your... Um, part of any part of your lot. They need that parcel back in their possession for a project or something that they're trying to do in the name of the city and the government or whatever and the constituents in the area and what have you. They, they 
say, okay, we're willing to, this is the fair price and we're willing to pay and you don't have a say in the matter because we, we can claim it. We can claim it. And in some cities and towns and states, they don't even have to pay you. They can just say, hey, we're taking this back and there's just nothing you can do about it because under uh, uh, statutes of the city or county, because we have to do this roadway or because we have to do this piping issue or because we have to lay cable for internet and what have you, we, we get to confiscate this part of your property. And there's nothing you can do about it. Now, my concern is that this is going to set a precedent for whoever wants to knock competition out the way. Now, mind you, we do have laws and rules and regulations about creating monopolies and what have you. But this is, an, this is a backdoor way of taking out the competition. And if it goes through, that is what it, the president's going to set. And oddly enough, it could be a way to keep people, marginalized people, marginalized, for lack of a better way to say it. So it's just, you know, we've barely gotten through half of the month, but the March mas mashup has a lot of things that just make you go... Hmm. I've only scratched the surface on some of these issues that move me. What do you think? What do you think about any of these issues? Now, mind you, you know, I understand people have bigger fish to fry, but sometimes great minds think alike, and it just makes you go, hmm. What, what type of controls are the governments trying to have, you know? What kind of new controls are the government is the government trying to have over your um, prosperity, over your growth in business? Just it just makes you wonder, and you got to pay close, strict attention because it's it. This sounds like it's a uh, a backdoor to uh, limiting growth for people in small businesses or people who have a thriving business. Um, and if your competition just happens to be bigger um, with more money, can they lobby to run you out of business? That's just something to think about. for taking the time to join me for thoughts in the car we would love it if you'd supported the show any listener support would be welcome and much appreciated click on the listener support button give us applause send us a message with your point of view please take the time to leave your comments as i do read them and will respond you may even hear me give you a shout out in my next show please tell your friends and pass along your favorite episodes as you can find thoughts in the car on apple podcasts Go to Apple Podcasts and rate the show. You can follow me on Twitter at jyhoward1066. Let's connect on social media. Check out my blog, Janice's Take on It. I hope that you come along for the ride. For thoughts in the car.